0: Good morning, Holly Creek. Today is Wanderings. It must be Tuesday, here with Sandy Washington, and very happy to have Bryn Webster. i got to get used to that name, because it's been Bryn Finney. Many people who read the Hub will have noticed Bryn's name is the writer of articles about Holly Creek, but Holly Creek is only one of 15 clients that you have, maybe more, I'm not sure. So Brynn, welcome today to Data Wanderings, and we want to hear all about you and your job. Tell us first about Siegler. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, thank you, Priscilla. Um, yeah, so I work for Siegler Communications. Um, we are a small consulting firm, and we work um, with a number of different clients in the western part of the U.S., mostly in Denver, but we also work with a number of water clients. So we work for uh, large utilities, including Denver Water, City of Englewood, Aurora Water, and we help others in Texas with building new reservoirs. We work on large infrastructure projects like pipelines, and we do all the communications around them.
0: So. and that by all the communications that means what areas do you touch as far as yeah so
1: pretty much anything that we would want to relay to the public about the project so that they're in the know so that includes helping build websites about projects um, social media posts about it so people know if there's construction impacts that might affect them or their driving routes Um, it looks like fact sheets and helping with informational meetings so that's one side of what we do that's very different than what we do, of course, for Christian living communities. But um, we really, en- really enjoy being able to do more of the media side of things for, for you guys.
0: I sense there's a lot of gear changing in your work.
1: There is, but it makes it really fun.
0: So how did you prepare for all this? Uh, What kind? Of, what was your education on getting knowledgeable in so many different areas? You know, I was really blessed. I learned a lot on the job, honestly. I've
1: learned so much from Chuck, who um, many of our listeners probably also know, um, and from my um, boss, Lisa Sigler. Um, I studied at Wheaton College, which is in Chicago, and I studied English writing, um, but a lot of that was also more creative writing. So I had to transition a lot of those creative writing skills to uh, more of you know, on boots-on-the-ground writing, and I loved in college doing some journalism-style writing, and I'm really thrilled that I get to continue to do that, uh, especially for Christian living communities, so, mm. yeah.
0: And you started uh, your early education, mm-hmm. tell us about that, it's so fascinating, you yeah. were homeschooled.
1: Yes, I was, I was homeschooled all the way from um, kindergarten through when I graduated, And um, I lived in a very small, tiny little mountain town called Redstone, which is about four hours on the Western Slope from here. And uh, we, you know, I started with learning with my sister. She's about three years younger than me. And we did a lot of learning together um, until I hit about fifth grade. And then I did Bob Jones University DVDs. Um, My parents were really busy, so I used the DVDs to learn. And... Was a, it was a really good education. I it, it was... Where did you live? Redstone. So it's, yeah, so it's a very tiny town, uh, less than 100 population in oh, town. It's a
0: beautiful spot. <laughs> oh, it's wonderful.
1: Yeah. So definitely loved growing up there. P.E. was going for hikes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, tell us more about your curriculum and homeschooling.
1: Yeah. Times. Um, so... It was, it was a number of different classes. I, I did the whole spread of classes, which was good because it prepared me well for um, studying English because you write on every topic. So there's nothing you, that is unimportant. Um, and we we I would watch a, a video, and then I would do the homework associated with it. A lot of people have the misnomer that if you do homeschooling, you don't work very hard mm. <laughs> or that you don't like do a full day's worth of school or that you're working, you know, doing school in your pajamas. None of those were true for me. <laughs> I often worked starting at 7.30 or 8 and I would be doing school some nights in high school until 7 p.m. at night. So it was very strenuous, but I learned a lot.
0: Well, I, I read online, Bryn, that you graduated from Wheaton College summa cum laude. <laughs> and yeah, I know you weren't going to tell us that, but I... I I'm always happy to hear that homeschooling students are well educated and can compete, if need be, in other areas. So you certainly have proved that.
1: Yeah, I think it did a good job of teaching me how to learn. And that was what was most important. Because even when I got to college, there were things that I obviously had to learn while I was there, too. And I had professors who came alongside me. But because I'd had the skills learned already about what it takes to actually study and explore and work hard. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, yeah. there was something really beautiful that you did in the evenings at, around your dinner table. Yeah. Tell us how that was.
1: Yeah, so um, one of the things that we always looked forward to every day was uh, dinner time because we'd have great family discussions. Uh, my dad, in particular, um, loved learning and he would often bring to the dinner table ideas for us to discuss. So either as a current news topic, something he'd read and he would ask us our thoughts about it. He'd read an article to ask us our thoughts and we would discuss as a family and that did a lot to help me learn critical thinking skills. Um, And also how to apply what I was learning in school. He'd ask us about you know what we were studying in science or history and then you know, we learned how to tie that into what was happening in current events.
0: It sounds a little bit like wired word. <laughs> it does, yeah. <laughs> that ca- carries on all through life. That you can I read I love those. the idea of all of you sitting together at the dining room table. You know, so many families jump up because they go off to a soccer game or a basketball game or something. Yep. But the fact that you four would sit together and discuss yes. topics is wonderful.
1: Yeah, it was definitely special. Yeah. It For might have sure. helped that we were, you know, 30 minutes from anything else. <laughs> <laughs> How did you
0: spend snow days? Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, snow days were especially fun because we uh, still had school If y- by technical terms because as long as we had internet, we could do school even if there was two feet of snow. But my parents would self-declare snow days as ski days. They would come in <laughs> in the morning and be like, we're not, we're not doing school. We're going to go ski at Aspen Snowmass because we're less than you know, 45 minutes away and nobody from the Front Range can get there. So we're going to take advantage of that new powder. we <laughs> eventually, also
0: skiers, <laughs> all of you. We learned, for sure. <laughs> eventually, uh, you met the love of your life and was he a fantastic skier also (laughs) (laughs) so uh
1: yes my husband nathan is actually from upstate new york so he had never been skiing when we met um and so actually about six months in to us dating i decided it would be a good idea for him to try with my parents it was a little stressful for him to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was a really good sport about it, though. He, he fell a lot, but uh, he did much better than I would have expected.
0: And you know, does he enjoy skiing now that you've gotten to know him better? In fact, I need to tell, or you tell, two days ago, what did you celebrate?
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, yes. Um, September 10th is our one-year anniversary. So, yeah, we celebrated. Um, and you
0: were married yeah. in Redstone.
1: Yes, we were in my childhood church, which was a special, special opportunity. Yeah.
0: That that's just got to be kind of idyllic. <laughs> yes. You could return there for your wedding, and
1: mm-hmm. that's a special church because it was built um, a while ago. We had and the church community had help from another group that came in and helped them build it on the site of the old railroad tracks that go through. Redstone has gorgeous stained glass windows. So, Well,
0: was the evening, uh, not the evening, but the wedding, did that go smoothly for you?
1: It was a great day. We were, had amazing weather. Um, the only slight hitch that even, was even a slight hitch, but it kind of was, uh, I decided that probably was not the best idea to get from the bottom floor of the church up to the sanctuary by taking the really ancient elevator (laughs) Uh, i was afraid it would get stuck halfway and that wouldn't be good so i told my dad we should just go up the stairs it's fine i can maneuver stairs in my dress well it was fine until about halfway up the stairs one of the Uh, Part of the train of the dress got stuck to the central banister, (laughs) and I couldn't move. So um, my poor dad, he goes down there, he's trying to untangle me from the railing, and it was just so funny. I was like, just tear it free, we gotta go. We were already really, really late for the ceremony. Everyone else was already standing up front. It was funny. I just, I couldn't help but laugh.
0: Did anyone have any idea? That you know might what? be 50, 50 minutes or 15 minutes late?
1: You know, <laughs> well, we were late because of photos, so everybody else just walked straight down. And so I felt like there was a really massive amount of time between when the last bridesmaid went down and when I went down. But most people said they didn't really notice, so it must have been less than 30 seconds. More stressful for you. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Your husband's name is?
1: Nathan Webster.
0: Mm-hmm. And what does he do?
1: Yes, he's a mechanical engineer, um, So, and I don't really know entirely what he does, because he works on classified things. So,
0: You yeah, have to respect that. Yes. That's we all do. we'll ask about him, except that he's...
1: He's very smart. He knows all of the things that I don't know very well, so <laughs> physics and math.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's so good that you found each other. So you're training at Wheaton College. Mm-hmm. What were the... What was your major? What did you study? How did that help you most in this career you have? Yeah,
1: you know, um, again, I think it was learning how to critically think. Well, uh, Wheaton is a liberal arts school, which means I studied lots of different subjects, and uh, in addition to English, and I studied specifically writing, which meant I also had to do a number of classes related to different types of creative writing. So I started writing a novel which I'm still working on, Um, we did some different kinds of creative writing on short stories, poetry, which I love. I've written hundreds of poems. Um, And the biggest help was I decided to take a class called Writing for Social Change. And uh, the professor of that class wanted it to be a course that taught people how to use their writing skills to help nonprofits in the real world. And I loved how it taught to take the writing skills and apply them where rubber meets road and so I decided to pursue that a bit more see how could I use my writing in a similar way so I started thinking about communications and PR as applications of that and I took a class called feature writing which is journalism which I use almost every day now um, Mm -hmm. for Holly Creek and for Christian living communities especially and a couple of other classes that include like graphic design so I'd understand how basic art files are built so glad I took that class too so
0: So you you can do all the design work for websites and you
1: know I wish not uh, really but I know enough to understand what kind of files I'm receiving from our specialized designers and understand how they will work with each other for instance, I wouldn't have known the difference between InDesign and Adobe Illustrator if I hadn't taken that class. And they have different functions and you know different files that come to you. So it was helpful for me to at least understand a little bit about that. Sandy,
0: do you feel that she's speaking a little bit? <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's very exciting. Of course, Wheaton is a wonderful, wonderful college. You really got a broad education.
1: Yes, I was really blessed. I enjoyed um, all kinds of classes.
0: What did you do for fun when you were in Wheaton?
1: You know, I actually had a really great community of friends. Um, I lived in the dorm for two years. You had to live on campus the whole time you were at Wheaton. Um, And we would just have the most fun together hanging out in the evenings I I also got adventurous one night. They decided they were gonna go what they call dumpster diving.
0: Which is <laughs> you go into the
1: dumpster <laughs> and you pull out things that might be edible. That's uh, that sounds exciting. <laughs> it was. Well the best part was going to Fannie Mae. <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> they
1: put out all the samples they didn't use. Really? And in a plastic bag, so we're like well. It's probably safe. (laughs) (laughs) One of the more adventurous things I've done in my life,
0: I will say that. That was rewarding. (laughs) It it was, yes, definitely. So your dad, uh, he has an interesting career because Mm -hmm. not only did he encourage you around the dinner table, but there were some things in his own education. He also went to Wheaton, is that right?
1: Yes, he was, yeah.
0: But... He took a diff- different track, in a way, after school. Tell yes. us about that.
1: Yes. Yeah, so um, my dad was a, actually studied for his undergrad at CSU, where he met my mom. Oh. Um, and he studied started in music, transitioned to history, and then he ended up going to uh, Wheaton to get uh, double master's in uh, ancient history uh, and uh, biblical studies. And then went on to Hebrew Union College to get his doctorate, but he never did. He sh- stopped just shy of his dissertation because mm. I came along. <laughs> and he went into, um, started working for a business that uh, did a couple of different things in the medical field, including auto transfusion, which is taking someone's blood when they're injured uh, or just if they're having a surgery. And instead of giving them banked blood, hi- he and his technicians would clean it and give it back to them. So you're receiving your own blood, which means you're less likely to reject it. Um, using banked blood, you always have to worry about that. So Autologous. Yes, autologous, Correct. yes. Say this again, I didn't
0: hear that. <laughs> autologous, where you have your own blood mm-hmm. before surgery. You I have to you have that your blood. own blood instead of somebody else's mm-hmm. blood. Much, much, much safer. safer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that was a big part of it. And they serviced hospitals across Colorado.
0: So. So he has a company that he has established? Yes.
1: He left the company that he had started with after he'd been with them for about five years. That was in Cincinnati, where I was born. And then he came to Colorado because my parents desperately wanted to come back to Colorado where they'd met, and they loved the state, and they wanted to live in the mountains. And so he started a business servicing. I think their first hospital was Durango or Vail. I can't remember which, but... Um, They serviced hospitals all across the state. So Redstone was actually fairly centrally located for that purpose.
0: That's a procedure I haven't heard much about, but it's it's really life-saving. Yeah,
1: especially if it's a skier meets tree incident. Oh. Because they're losing a lot of blood very quickly. Mm -hmm. So in those cases, there can be times that you end up processing a person's entire blood volume many times.
0: Well... I pulled up an article from um, a scrapbook that we have in Needles and Threads, and I found there the article on bird nests written by Bryn Feeney at that time. This was in 2018. You covered that story, Bryn. (laughs) (laughs) I did. (laughs) Sandy was wondering, what what do you do with bird nests? Uh, <laughs> how, how do you find all these little birds that have fallen and been injured? And why do they need a, a nest? Why
1: do they need a nest? Yeah. Um, if I remember correctly, and some of the ladies from the knitting group might even remember this better than I do, um, but I think there have been a lot of storms that year in the spring, with a lot of wind, and either rain or snow it was May time frames, so one or the other, and so a lot of the animals had got knocked out of trees and so that was, or were just really cold. And so I think that was part of the, the reason that they needed so many little little animal nests
0: to this keep them warm. This was requested by the executive director of the Greenwood Wildlife mm-hmm. Rehabilitation Center. And she wrote, people bring large number of baby animals in, in the spring and nearly a thousand of them end up using these nests. That mm-hmm. was incredible. So that was fun for the ladies, and you (laughs) made it really fun by putting it in the newspaper for us.
1: Yes, and this is a great example of how, you know, you never know for sure when you're pitching to the media who's going to show and who's not going to show. And I think I had pitched this to 7 News, and they said they were going to come, and they didn't show up. But, you know, everyone was so incredibly generous to let me take photos and talk to them and it ended up being a great article so
0: you know this has happened again I think Mm -hmm. more recently even uh, we were waiting for tv to come and a lot of excited women sitting around (laughs) uh, (laughs) (laughs) and uh, they did not come but you did Mm -hmm. a beautiful job with photographs yeah and I think at that Day we were going to have uh, a guest from Warm Hearts Warm Babies come. Oh, that could be. Yeah. Celebrate that.
1: It's definitely one of those where, you know, you you pitch, you do your very best, and and sometimes you have more interest than you expect. Like with mm-hmm. the the recent robot story.
0: You've got to talk about that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so that was um, really fun because of everything that's been happening on the AI artificial intelligence mm-hmm. front there was a lot of interest um, in things related to technology. So we thought it would be um, probably a good time to reshare about the robots in the dining room. And so we shared it, and we had interest from every single TV station (laughs) in Denver. So that was uh, really fun. Um, But a great example of how you have to coordinate on the spot and how grateful I am for so many of uh, those who've jumped in and been willing to help us in last minute. Uh, for instance, the 9 News robot story, 7 News came and shot. And then two days later, 9 News called me in the evening saying, can we come tomorrow? And I'd already, you know, so many of the residents had already been willing to come and be part of the 7 News show, I thought, who, who can I get to do this on such last minute notice? And and thankfully, uh, Priscilla and uh, Eve Glesney and some others were able to to come. And that story ended up airing many times. I think like between eight and ten times. So it was really, really great uh, positive coverage. What cha- channel aired it? Uh, Nine News mm-hmm. did that one.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Which is also the biggest channel in Denver. Yeah. The most watched channel.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, I have uh, some Information from Eve that she is writing a story about the robots. Oh! For the thespians. <laughs> oh, I think she told me about this. And I, I've read the script and I think it's just going to be really clever. No. So, um, anyone interested in applying for a position as a robot? <laughs> we can't use the real ones, we'll use the other ones. So, um, you have some really interesting love of wildlife and your experience can you continue any of that now being so involved with this
1: oh yes yeah nate and i get out and hike and camp frequently um and it's it's some of the things we love most are getting out and hiking and camping i've i have hiked on multiple continents um which is kind of cool. We did a pretty big hike in New Zealand oh. um, called the Tongaro Crossing. I think it's about 13 miles. Um, it was so blustery that when the wind stopped blowing, you almost fall over because you're compensating so hard. Oh. <laughs> that, was, that was a crazy experience. It's up past uh, the side of what was the mountain they filmed as Mount Doom in Lord of the Rings, but it was so blustery we couldn't even see the mountain. <laughs> is kind really? of ironic but that was quite the experience that might be one of the most interesting times i've i've hiked but um we also tried to hike mount olympus this past summer um in greece but uh, we ended up aborting that um adventure at 3 a.m that morning because our guide's ankle was twisted and he couldn't oh. do it
0: that's not where you want to be at 3 a.m. No. <laughs> well, it would have been
1: a 17-hour hike three oh. days after we landed in Greece. That, so I was I was okay with that, especially because it snowed up there that day. <laughs> <laughs> and we were not up there. I was glad.
0: <laughs> you also told us about a fun story that happened when you were still at your ho- parents' home. Yes. Uh, about hippity. Well, hop. a hippity hop! hop? Yes.
1: <laughs> what my family calls the hippity hop incident. Um, he, we have a, lo- a lot of wildlife growing up, um, of all kinds, and one of the most interesting experiences was my sister and I had this blow-up hippity-hop, you bounce on it, it uh, has like a handle you hold on to on top, and we wedged it between one of the outdoor chairs and the table on the patio when we were not using it. In the middle of the night, my dad hears this giant ruckus. And he's like, what is going on outside? So he goes into the dining room, turns on the light, and right on the other side of the window, staring at him, is a bear. (laughs) Like a big brown bear. And he had discovered the hippity hop, popped it, grabbed the handle in his mouth, and was (laughs) shaking it back and forth with his head just like a dog having the time of his life. (laughs) It was it was pretty funny. And was he safely escorted away or blown? <laughs> you know, he was a neighborhood bear. So, oh, yeah. we'd seen him a couple of other times our neighbors had seen him. He's called Tripod cuz he only had three three legs. Oh. Um, and he was out since my dad was inside, he's like, "We're just going to let the bear have fun.
0: Let him stay do his thing. <laughs> wander <laughs> off when he's done. <laughs> no one was in harm's way." Yes. <laughs> well, then there's a, an event coming up uh, this week on Thursday. And I think, is it called Telling the Holly Creek Story Behind the Scenes? Yes. Tell us about that and your involvement because we're going to have to, ha- we have another chance to welcome you back yeah. on Thursday.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, so Chuck and I and um, our coworker, Bruce Abels, who does all of the. Um, like wordsmithing, so like he came up with the name um, for the event. We'll be here on Thursday talking about what is the process of getting a story from idea to being in the nine news um, or being in the Your Hub section of the Denver Post. What what does that process look like, and also how can uh, different residents here at Holly Creek be involved? Because we welcome story ideas and and definitely need. People to bring forward different,
0: and how can ideas. residents help with that? You know, ho- well, I
1: th- hopefully the event on Thursday will help provide some ideas for knowing is this a story that would be good for PR, and then you know be able to bring it to Angie or Marilyn as an idea so that we can talk about it as a team and consider it for pitching. Yeah.
0: And what kind of stories do you like, or what 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 would get your attention?
1: Yeah, you know. We've talked about all kinds of things. Um, usually, it falls into one of a couple categories. Either it's something that's happening at Holly Creek that's resident-led, so like a new group. Um, it could be a unique story. I mean, there's so many amazing stories here at Holly Creek. So it could be someone who has a unique story to share, and it's tied to some kind of key date. Um, so, for instance, you know, maybe someone who has background in psychology connecting to mental Awareness health awareness month um, or it could be something that is a unique initiative so like the robots mm-hmm. nobody has that but Holly Creek so we wanted to share that story so if it has some element of uniqueness and it's creative or has an element of connection between different generations um, all those things make a story media worthy
0: you have covered a number of residents, I believe, mm-hmm. in Holly Creek. Am I recalling, um, oh, the story of the submarine that was with?
1: Oh, yes. I'm trying to remember who exactly that was with.
0: Well, let me think. Who the submarine, oh my goodness, I, well, let's it's go been on. a couple Would years. Would it be Roy Christian? I think yeah, it might Roy. have been Roy Christensen. It was yeah. Roy Christensen, yeah.
1: We've done that. I've talked to um, Nancy Tipton
0: about mm. Her code coding, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but it doesn't have to just be war stories. I mean, I've talked to some amazing authors. Um, recently, talked to a number of cyclists here at Holly Creek who shared about biking in the area. Um, and we we have do have Rocky Mountain Ears here too. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, those kinds of backgrounds, or art. We've done a number of really cool stories on artists. And
0: And now they yeah. have a new thing this year of the art gallery presentations and honor the uh, artist Yeah. At a special uh, reception.
1: I think that's fantastic. Week.
0: So a lot is happening here, and you also work with Summer, Glenn, and Claremont.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, we work with them as well, and... Um, it's it's always great to share the different stories. What's going well, on? Well,
0: Bryn, it's a pleasure to have you with us and share what you've done and what you're you have a long range of years ahead of you and we hope to see you many many times. I